find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Hi, welcome to New Reflections. This week we're going to be talking about how to get ready for your big day. So if you've already made the decision to have surgery, you're getting excited, you're getting nervous, we're going to talk about ways to make sure that you can have the best experience possible, help you get ready for having your surgery, and help you recover afterwards. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Pamela Howard. Today... We're going to go through the do's and don'ts. We're also going to feature a couple of guests. We've got Vicki Hatch joining us, who's a registered dietitian. Vicki is going to uh, talk to us about all the things that you can do with your diet to help improve your outcome and ease the recovery process. We'll also be joined by Bryn Stewart, who is coming to us from Vitamedica. Vitamedica is a company that makes a host of different supplements, and vitamins that help people uh, in lots of different ways, but particularly they have certain programs that they recommend for recovering from and preparing for surgery. We're going to talk all about that. We've got a lot of information to cover, and we're going to try and get through it. We'll give you a quick introductory course on getting ready for surgery and recovering from surgery. So let's talk about it. You made a decision to have your procedure. Now you got to get ready and the day is coming near. So let's talk about the things that you should and shouldn't do. So the do's are, uh, are pretty simple to understand. The things you should be doing, you got to keep up with your healthy habits. Eating right, exercising if you're one that exercises. Don't change your habits leading up to surgery just because you think it's something that might interfere. If you, have, if you do something you think might interfere with surgery, talk to your doctor about it and see. But doing things like exercising, running, you know, playing sports, a lot of my patients ask me, you know, should I take it easy going into it? Uh, my answer is no, absolutely not. Go ahead and do the things you normally do. Stay healthy, keep up your good habits. You're also going to have to get a medical clearance. The medical clearance is a pretty simple process. Uh, generally speaking, patients need simple blood tests and an EKG and in some cases an x-ray, a chest x-ray. And a doctor's got to look those things over and, and look you over and decide that you're healthy enough to have surgery. Now there are some occasions where during medical clearances 
will have something pop up that needs to be looked into a little bit closer. But in most cases, this is something patients sail right through because, frankly, once you've been to see a good plastic surgeon, you're already pre-screened. And, you know, we get a sense for your health history in the office, and uh, we know that you're going to be a good candidate. And something, unless something really turns up odd on your medical clearance, you're going to be good to go for your surgery. And then you've got to remember you're going to have anesthesia. So you need to make sure that you have someone that will drive you to the facility, whether it's the office, an office surgery center, or a hospital, and someone to drive you home. Because, you know, frankly, even if you're having a procedure under local anesthesia, if it's a big enough procedure, you probably are going to be uncomfortable and you want to have someone to help you get home. If you're having sedation or general anesthesia, well, you really can't drive. You're just not going to be able to do it. So you need to make sure you have help. And furthermore, for pretty significant procedures, it's best, really, really for any procedure, frankly, it's best if you have somebody to be there with you for that first night when you get home. And in some cases, it's good to have someone with you for a few days when you get home. So you may want to make those kind of arrangements, too. Uh, you know, there, we're going to talk about all the things you shouldn't do in just a second, but one of the things that will come up is taking certain medications that we don't want you to take. We're going to talk to you about the things you should avoid, but a good guideline is if you're having aches and pains, you know, a headache or what have you, take Tylenol. Tylenol is safe to take leading up to a procedure. And we'll talk about all the things that you should avoid, but things like aspirin and Motrin, those are things you should not be taking. We're going to get to that in just a second. If you develop cold symptoms leading up to your procedure, make sure you tell your surgeon. Because some of those may be important and some of them may not. Certainly if you have a fever, that's something we've got to pay attention to. If you have chest congestion, that's going to be important. Because especially if you're having general anesthesia, you've got to be able to have uh, a clear chest, clear breathing. And if you're getting in there with congestion to start off with, then you're not putting yourself in a good position to have a great uh, a great result and a, and a great experience. If you're going to be spending the night, whether it's in a surgery center or in a hospital, you would do well to pack a little care package for yourself. You want to take extra clothes. Make sure you're wearing something that's easy to take off and easy to put on, and also you bring an extra uh, set of clothes because you're going to go home the next day and have to change out of your hospital gown again, and make it something that's easy to put on. Depending upon your procedure, and what you're having done, you've got to plan appropriately. So, you know, if you're having breast surgery, among other things done, you probably don't want to have a shirt you've got to pull over your head and put your arms up to get through. You want something that's going to be a button, uh, button down, something that will open and close only with buttons. It's going to be easier for you to put that on and take that off. Make sure you bring your regular medications. If you have your regular medications you take every day, take them with you. Whether it's in a hospital or a surgery center, more than likely they'll have medications for you to take that are equivalent, but it's good to have your own with you. Don't forget to pack your toothbrush. You're going to want to have all the usual stuff you use in the morning wherever you're going to be. So pack your toothbrush and any of your other toiletries you'd like to use. Make sure you've got that ready for the next morning. And my last little tip is to bring a computer, iPad, your iPhone, something to keep you entertained because you are going to be spending a lot of idle time just sort of relaxing and recovering. And it's good to have that to watch movies, keep your mind off of things, a nice little handheld entertainment system. So I definitely recommend doing that. Pamela, what do you think? 
I think it's great, but I'd also like to add that even if you're having facial procedures, you want to make sure that your um, attire will button up or zip up as well because sometimes if you're having a facial procedure, you don't want a shirt that will pull down over and possibly touch your face or the surgical area. So always plan on a jumpsuit, something very comfortable, a warm-up suit, easy on, easy off, and some slippers, house slippers. People always forget house slippers. Bring you some. Bring some slippers. You're going to want your slippers to go to the rest, to go to the loo. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, the the ones that they give you in the hospital are these little stretchy things to slide over your feet. Let's just say they're not Gucci inspired. Right. So you probably want to have something you're going to be comfortable with and 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 you're going to like a lot better than the little stretchy socks that you're going to. Uh, slide over you for your procedure. Yeah, We're gonna go leave, your, leave your jewelry at home too, even your watch, uh, because those have to be removed. Um, and any piercings, like if you have a little belly button piercing, you're going to need to take that out. Yeah, jewelry. And don't bring anything valuable, whether you're going to a surgery center or a hospital. This is not the time to impress anybody. Don't wear makeup. Don't bring jewelry. This is a big topic. And, and we're going to start off probably the most important don't. And I know that this is a big topic for you, Pamela. You're really interested in, in making sure people understand this. Yes. Smoking. Absolutely. You've got to stop smoking, and you have to take your physician very seriously about this subject. It affects your healing dramatically. I have witnessed some of the worst scars and some of the longest healing periods because patients have not been honest about their smoking or nicotine habits. And this includes nicotine products like Nicorette. Right, exactly. That's an important point. Now, I tell my patients to stop smoking a minimum of two weeks before surgery. Yes. And that two-week period should be nicotine-free. You know, that's an important point because patients will think, oh, I can kick smoking. Uh, you know, all I got to do is take that Nicorette gum. I'll just chew the gum. And, you know, there's an old joke that goes, uh, you know, I, I quit smoking three months ago. It's the best thing I ever did. I haven't touched a cigarette. And a friend says, oh, that's great. Well, how, how'd you do it? He says, oh, I'm using the patches. I'm up to yeah. about four a day now. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. That's the same thing. That is still putting nicotine in your system which reduces the oxygen flow to your blood in these blood vessels that ve- that rely on the healing of these wounds, of the incisions. And, you know, plastic surgeons aren't the only ones begging their patients to stop smoking. It's just that plastic surgeons really rely on the patient compliance here because plastic surgeons have a lot more pressure on them for their scars to be minimal and hidden, and they can't be as minimal and hidden when they cannot heal appropriately. Yeah, you know, smoking before surgery is about the worst thing you can do and virtually guarantees that you're going to have some trouble in one way or another. Now, it's also important to avoid smoking after surgery. And uh, smoking after surgery will really, it probably won't set you up as badly as smoking before surgery in terms of having complications, but it will really delay your healing. Yeah, smoking afterwards can really slow down the healing process. And what's, let's talk about real briefly, what does smoking do? Smoking hurts you in three different ways. Number one, when you smoke, there's nicotine in that smoke, and it shrinks down your blood vessels into tiny size. You think of if your arteries are the size of rigatoni, rigatoni pasta, big tubes, it'll shrink it down to angel hair size. You just can't get the same kind of blood, th- blood flow 
through these tiny vessels as you can when they're fully opened and dilated. So that's, that's number one. You're not getting good enough blood flow. Number two, you're smoking, you're getting all this tar and junk gumming up your lungs, and so your lungs can't exchange oxygen that well. So now you're not getting enough oxygen into the blood because it's gummed up and you can't, you can't get the exchange well, and you're not carrying enough oxygen to the tissue because you don't have good enough blood flow. And the third thing is, there is carbon monoxide in cigarette smoke. What's important about carbon monoxide? You've heard of people committing suicide by starting a car in a garage and breathing gas fumes? That's carbon monoxide poisoning. So what a carbon monoxide does, it binds to the molecules in your blood that carry oxygen, the hemoglobin molecules, and it binds on the same spot that the oxygen molecules need to bind on. Only when carbon monoxide binds on it, it's permanent. They never come off. So once you have the carbon monoxide in your blood, until that blood cell gets destroyed and it gets replaced by a new one, you're not going to be able to carry oxygen well. You need to keep these three things in mind. Make sure that you understand there are those three ways that cigarette smoking hurts you and that really sets things up before, but then afterwards it's still important. We need to make sure that our patients don't smoke. You've got to keep in mind, if you have a smoking habit, it's hard to kick. But Healing badly from a, a procedure is a bigger problem than trying to temporarily and hopefully permanently quit smoking. So keep that in mind. We're going to revisit the smoking thing, I'm sure, uh, on future shows and again maybe uh, in this show a little later on. We're going to go to commercial break. You're listening to New Reflections. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. When you looked in the mirror first thing this morning, did you see a big, wide smile? Or did you find something new to not like about yourself, about what you have to do or where you are? Tune in to the Wellness Journey, guided by Linus of PraiseWorks. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You 
are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. This is New Reflections. It's uh, Dr. Adam Rubenstein and Pamela Howard, and we've got Vicki Hatch with us today uh, talking about diet and having procedures. If you have questions for Vicki or, or for uh, myself or Pamela, give us a call, 866-472-5792. We're happy to take your calls live on the air and make sure your questions get answered. Right now, we're here with Vicki. Vicki, again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. Tell me, you know, we're talking about food and, and making good choices before surgery. When patients are getting ready for their procedure, what's your advice? What should they be doing to get ready? Well, I, you know, I outlined my top five things that I think that they would want to do. And the, at the top of the list is probably, and this you're going to need to plan ahead for, is to try to achieve the healthiest weight for you. That's appropriate because, as you know, when you're having surgery and you're making the changes, it's better if you have a weight that you're that you're comfortable with that you need to be following. You don't want to do a drastic weight loss program right before. So if you're able to plan ahead and get some modest uh, changes towards those goals, I think that's um, number one on my list. That's a great point. A couple things about that: if you are losing weight and you're using fat burners, you have to be off those fat burners for two to three weeks at a minimum before you have any anesthesia because those fat burners, whether it's a doctor-supervised program or something you bought online or you know your friend gave you a handful of pills, doesn't really matter. All those things interfere with anesthesia in very bad ways, and that can be life-threatening. So make sure if you are using fat burners to lose weight, it's a perfectly good way to do it if it's doctor-monitored. Just make sure your surgeon knows because you've got to be off that for a period of time beforehand. And a lot of times, we'll, have, we'll advise patients to lose weight before considering having surgery. So that's a great point. Okay. And then the number two on my list here is going back to the old faithful fruits and vegetables because fruits and vegetables have vitamin C uh, that's very important for healing. And a lot of the healing compounds, such as bromelain that's found in pineapple, uh, vitamin C food sources, tomatoes, oranges, melons, strawberries, kiwis, those kinds of things, bell peppers, uh, the vitamin C and these antioxidants uh, will absolutely aid in healing. And you do, this is another thing you want to start well before, hopefully we're doing this anyways, but well before, during, and after to help with the healing process. So and just like Mom told you, make sure you eat your vegetables. Absolutely. I mean, and, um, yeah, so those are the very good source of health. Third on my list is protein. Uh, protein, adequate protein, this is the building blocks for healing. And uh, a protein is any type of food that can swim, walk, or fly. So fish or some lean meats or chicken and things like that. And a lot of these proteins also have zinc, which is zinc and vitamin C are two important nutrients for healing. So your lean meats, your, pe- your peanuts, your pumpkin seeds, they, they are very good sources of protein and zinc. And even, this is not a protein, but dark chocolate's got a little bit of zinc in there, too, and there's a lot of antioxidants, oh, all right. and you can throw that in, too. So stock up on your dark chocolate when you're leading up to your procedure. That's the little treat you can give yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, number four on my list is hydration, and I'm sure that this is being addressed in a variety of ways, not even just from a nutrition standpoint. 
but um, you want to have adequate water because when, when your body's hydrated, it, it absolutely positively functions at its best. And you know you've had enough fluid. If when you urinate that your urine runs clear, you know you've had enough. If your urine is a little bit on the dark side, you'd want to continue to remind yourself that you need some more fluid. Yeah, and that's just generally good advice. People come to surgery a little dehydrated, and that's actually by design because we tell folks not to eat or drink anything for a certain period of time before surgery, usually after midnight the day before. So they're already coming in a little bit dehydrated. Now, we get to tank folks up with an IV when they're coming for their procedures. We get the IV in and we can run some fluids to tank them up a little bit and rehydrate them, but it is really important. It'd be a great idea to drink a good liter or two uh, of water the evening before you're going to go in for a procedure. And, and, and then, too, even on the other side as well, so that um, so when you get to the other side, staying hydrated is, is so significant. Don't you agree with that as well? Once Absolutely. Once you finish with the surgery. Yeah, well, being high, I mean, all the things you mentioned are, all, all are, are great both before and after surgery. Protein, for example, uh, when we're seeing patients in the hospital for reconstructive procedures, one of the first things that I look for, and I know most plastic surgeons will look for this, is their, their protein levels. We look at their albumin, their pre-albumin and, and total protein levels and get an idea for where they are uh, with their protein levels because it relates to their capacity to heal. Absolutely. If your protein's really low, well, you're probably not ready to start building new things and building healing areas of your body. So uh, one of the things that we always do is look for protein levels and then supplement protein. We call, you know, uh, a, a registered dietitian like yourself to come help us recommend things for the patient to increase their protein levels. So right. generally having protein is great. And, you know, and it's confusing because a, a lot of patients, you know, you hear, well, I can't well, have high fats. And, I, you know, people sometimes don't know how to put the whole program together. And so sometimes they may leave off a food group like protein because they think maybe there's too many calories and I have to lose weight. But you just want to pick some lean proteins like your chicken, your fish, have it with every single meal. Make sure every time you eat that you do include the protein. And, um, and the fruits and vegetables, every time you look at your plate, you want to see if you can have at least three food groups. One of them is protein, and fruits and vegetables should be very much included every single time that you eat. And, um, and you know, the, the final thing that just jumps out at, at me as well, and being in the business, is um, that if you're being treated for an eating disorder, um, or if you have symptoms of an eating disorder that perhaps that you have not even disclosed yet with a physician, that you do feel comfortable enough to disclose that. Because for those patients that I work with that may have a problem with vomiting or laxative, you're going to have the electrolyte disturbance, which your surgeon needs to know about. So that I just wanted to throw that in to encourage people to communicate if there are some medical issues going on that you might not be that comfortable talking about because your physician, your surgeon needs to know that. Yeah, very important. Obviously, we get a, a good history and physical before even thinking about performing a procedure on a patient, but a lot of times patients are shy about that. So you've right. touched on a couple things that patients will do and maybe make mistakes about. What are the common things, when someone comes to, to see you, what do you think the common mistakes people are making are? When they come to see me before a surgery or after? Well, either way, either way, what are the mistakes that folks make in their diet that are easily remedied? What are the probably the number of th the top three things that you see people doing wrong? Well, um, I think part of it is um, the, there all this information about the high protein diets. That's plan A. Sometimes people will come in and they've kind of left the other foods to the side because they've heard so much about these high protein diets. 
Um, so that's the big thing that I try to, I use the plate method in terms of teaching them as I just briefly, previously discussed so that when they come in, if they're, you know, maybe having only protein and fats because they know this is the way they're going to lose the weight the fastest, that we go back to the basics and we do the, you know, we make sure that there's at least three food groups on the, on the plate. The second thing that I see a lot of is that people that are not exercising a lot and um, they're, they're coming in with a lot of carbohydrates and fruits and vegetables, again, they're a little bit harder to prepare and wash and cut and bring with you. So a lot of times the people that are eating on the run, they wind up going for, you know, the sandwiches, the hamburgers and things like that, but they're not getting enough fruits and vegetables in. And so what I, what I do is I try to redirect these these patients and say, when you go to the grocery store, instead of bringing home pasta and rice and saying, what will I have with my pasta tonight, bring home the broccoli, bring home the bell peppers, bring home the, the, the high antioxidant vegetables, and then say, okay, now I've got the vegetables in my house, which proteins, which lean proteins will I add to my, my dishes this week, and then back into the carbohydrates. Because healthy carbohydrates should be part of a, a healthy meal plan, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you're eating, especially when we have busy lifestyle. Fruits and vegetables kind of go bad fast. So they yeah, so it's really just changing someone's whole philosophy and uh, looking at things starting from the healthy point exactly. as opposed to trying to work up into it. And I think the other thing I, that I do need to mention here is planning ahead. I'm going back to that busy lifestyle because all of us are multitasking all the time. And if we're not planning ahead, you're either going to wind up missing a lot of meals and then by the time you get ready to eat, you're not going to sit and cut and wash broccoli. You know, you're going to go to the first thing that you can open the package to. So it's real important that you, if you know you're going to have a busy day, that you have a plan in place for eating. And that every time you must include that protein because if you, if you're just going to go and you're going to do a bagel and orange juice, your blood sugar is going to drop, you're going to be hungry, you're not getting the necessary nutrition, it's going to be hard to maintain a healthy weight and get all the nutrients in that, that you need to have a healthy surgery and a, and a healthy lifestyle. Well, you're bringing up some stuff that my wife, after she hears this show, is going to get all over me on. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're busy, you probably go the whole day without well, eating, right? Well, well, it's true. I have. A, I'm I'm living in that glass house right now, so I'm not going to throw any stones at anybody about that that sort of thing. But definitely, all good advice. I think the take-home message here: make sure you're having a good high-protein diet. Make I sure it's hydrating. You. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pamela. Yeah, uh, a lot of patients want to know the day of their surgery after they go home and maybe the day after they go home. They want to know what they can eat because a lot of them are afraid to get anything that's real heavy. Do you have any recommendations on what they should probably plan on eating that would be light and yet still healthy? Well, I, personally, I think the first day or two after the surgery, the most important thing is hydration, that they, that they, 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 get, they get their fluids in. If, if their appetite is not back intact, number one is that they at least get the hydration going. And secondly, I probably would rely on the comfort foods and things that they know that they're comfortable eating, you know, it might be scrambled eggs, it may be some um, sliced turkey, it may be a baked potato with um, some a little bit of chicken. But again, I want to go back to if you can tolerate food and you're not nauseous to make the meal balanced. If you're going to do a baked potato, have some chicken, a, few, a little bit of chicken with it. It doesn't need to be a feast. But you so, do need to stay hydrated. Most important is if you don't feel yeah. like eating, make sure you get your, your liquids in. And then, you know, keep the meals small, listen to the body, and 
for sure I would avoid the really high fat foods because I think those are kind of hard to tolerate. And would you would you recommend avoiding the high sodium cans of soup? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Because that's what I try to tell people to avoid, but that seems to be one of the number one items that they go stock up on thinking well, that that yeah. will be what they want. And they want. think it's a fluid. That's the thing. They think it's a fluid yeah. but it has so much salt in it that it actually yeah. ends up making them dehydrated in the long run. Dehydrated. That's exactly. a very, very, very good point. That's, that's a very good point on that one. This and has been great. I got to, uh, you know, thanks so much for coming on the show, Vicki. We just got to uh, continue. We're going to be going to commercial break soon. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. We could t spend a whole show talking about diet and its impact. Yeah, we'll have to get you back, Vicki, to talk more about this. You're excellent. Absolutely. Okay, great. And you got, you're doing a great job. I, I learned a lot listening in myself today. So thank well, you so much. <laughs> keep, keep listening. Tune in every week. I will. Uh, Thanks so much, Vicki. So glad that we had you on the show. We're going to be going to a commercial break very shortly. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Bryn Stewart from Vitamedica. And we've already heard about the foods you should be eating. We touched a little bit on some of the things that are good about them, the antioxidants, the, uh, the, uh, the vitamin C. And we're going to talk about those things and much more in terms of vitamins and supplements that you should be thinking about when you're having your procedure when we come back from the commercial break, here on New Reflections. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back after a short break. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. 26 million people have been affected by kidney disease. Teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. Be sure to tune in to improve your kidney health with your host, Dr. Rich Snyder, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. 
Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're joined by Bryn Stewart. She's the Director of Marketing for Vitamedica. Vitamedica, well, Bryn, don't let me steal your thunder. Tell us about Vitamedica. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us on today. Um, Vitamedica is a nutraceutical company. We've been around for over 10 years. I think it's actually closer to 13 or 14 now. Um, started by Dr. David H. Rahm. Um, and uh, the philosophy behind Vitamedica is really using you know, supplements to help heal from surgery and then, you know, continuing long-term wellness, um, you know, under the guidance of your physician, really. So, um, you know, supplements tend to be kind of a, an issue that's more over-the-counter historically. And, um, you know, at Vitamatica, we really feel that that's something that should be discussed openly with your primary, you know, care provider or, your, in this case, your plastic surgeon. Well, that's that's important. We were talking about that earlier. Make sure not only about your health issues, whether you, you have certain habits or problems that you're a little embarrassed about and might not want to talk about, even the supplements you're taking, all of the, the little things that you take to keep yourself healthy, you think are helping you in some way or another, some of those can affect what happens in surgery. So it is important to make sure that you discuss it with us. Now, Vitamedica makes a bunch of kits, lots of different prepackaged options for patients or for you know for people in general but certainly you you have certain things directed towards uh, getting ready for and recovering from surgery tell us about that absolutely um, our recovery line are all of our products that are geared toward healing in some way shape or form so depending on the procedure you know we have something for everyone and I think that primarily you know the biggest thing that you're going to notice any procedure whether it's injectables or fillers if it's a breast dog a tummy tuck whatever you're doing biggest thing is going to be bruising and inflammation that's going to cause the most pain and we certainly have natural solutions for that um, Arnica Montana is a homeopathic remedy that we use and it's pretty well known I, I find you know, throughout the country in terms of bruising to a lesser extent inflammation. Bromelain, um, we have bromelain is a natural anti-inflammatory. It comes from the stem of a pineapple. So um, obviously if you're allergic to pineapple, that's not, you know, something that you can use, but um, it's, it's all natural. We combine it with a, a compound, a plant flavonoid called quercetin. And um, these are uh, found, quercetin found predominantly in onions and apples. And when used together, studies have shown that they have um, more anti-inflammatory benefits, so they kind of potentiate the effects of each other. And so when used in conjunction, the bromelain and the arnica can really combat the bruising and inflammation from everything from the injectables and uh, fillers up to the, you know, the blefs. Even breast dogs are going to benefit from, from that because the inflammation typically causes the most pain. So I Well, think we give that, I, we use it in my office, and we give every single patient having a procedure in fact, we use the Vitamedica kit. We, we give them the Arnica Montana and Bromelain and uh, Quercetin tabs and have them start usually three days before uh, with, uh, with the Bromelain, I believe, and then uh, continue with Bromelain and Arnica immediately after. Uh, what other options do you guys have? I know you have a, a host of different things. We do. We do. And um, our newest product along the bruising and inflammation line is our recovery cream. Recovery cream is an Arnica Montana and uh, vitamin K cream. It's also infused with some botanicals that have been well-researched in terms of anti-inflammatory benefits, improving microcirculation, soothing the skin. You know, things like grapeseed extract. There's a couple compounds, hesperidin, essen. Um, they're widely known more in the medical community or um, scientific community, but uh, they have great, great potent, you know, uh, microcirculation benefits. And, and this cream is just kind of, you know, along the anti-bruising line, it just really is the topical part of, 
you know, the com- topical component of bruising and inflammation healing. So um, that's something that we're pretty excited about. Beyond that, um, we have our clinical support for surgery, which is a specialty multinutrient. So the idea behind our clinical support for surgery is that you can eliminate all other supplements that you're taking. A lot of people are concerned, oh, well, I take my vitamin C and I take my calcium, and oh, my gosh, I'm having surgery and I can't take, you know, calcium for a month. Well, it, one month is not really going to hurt you, but you can get those nutrients, but more importantly, you'll get the nutrients that you need for rebuilding collagen and elastin, you know, uh, wound repair, boosting your immune system, the amount of stress that goes into your body, the free radical damage that's caused just by the stress of the event alone, the incisions, you know, it can be pretty traumatic um, on a cellular Absolutely. level. So, so now you guys are simplifying the process. If I'm hearing you right, I have patients that come to the office, and I'm sure, Pamela, you guys have seen patients that have come in with long laundry lists of the supplements that they take and the various vitamins that they like to take every day. You're suggesting that this is a way to make it simple. So you don't have to worry about interactions. You don't have to worry about any possible negative effects during the healing process. Just exchange what you're doing temporarily for this set of vitamins that you guys have prepackaged for daily use. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Rom, who founded the company and formulates the products, is actually an anesthesiologist. So he's pretty well-versed in the complications that can come from people taking herbal botanicals, even things like garlic or St. John wort, John's wort. You know, these things that, that can have these interactions, contraindications during your procedure, what we did is we provided a, a kit that you can get, and it has exactly what you need, and more importantly, it has them at the levels that are efficacious, and it has nothing that's going to be, you know, contraindicated. There's, you know, vitamin E is the biggest thing in terms of blood thinning, and you don't want that during your perioperative period. So there's no vitamin E, for example. So basically, you can start this kit. You're getting the nutrients you need, elevated levels of antioxidants. It's going to help fight that free radical damage, improve your healing time. And then, you know, you get the added benefit of the anti-bruising and the anti-inflammatories as well. And we were talking about your topical arnica product a little while ago, so I'll step back to that for a moment. The topical uh, arnica recommended, obviously, for things like liposuction, where you're going to have big, broad areas of skin that might have a little bit of bruise. Yeah, we recommend it for any invasive or non-invasive procedure. There's going to be, even with injectables, and it's especially more so the fillers, you know, there's going to be a level of inflammation, irritation mainly, and the recovery cream is just a great way. You know, in terms of our philosophy, we really think that everything needs to come from kind of, you know, an all-around comprehensive approach. So you can take the Arnica tablets and you can take the bromelain, but if you're not doing anything topical, it's just kind of one component that you might be missing, which is why it made sense for us to introduce this cream in the first place. So we kind of wanted to just take this all-around approach that's going to combat bruising, inflammation. The recovery cream especially is going on topically. Vitamin K is well, well documented to have anti-bruising effects. And um, on top of that, you know, we're throwing in the chamomile and the grapeseed extract, the the stuff that's going to really soothe your skin and get you back to feeling and looking, well, better than before now that you've had Uh, it. You sure hope so. Yeah. (laughs) That's always always the plan, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, you guys... You guys have a, uh, uh, you really have a pretty holistic approach in terms of the ways that people can help themselves with your products, and particularly even down to procedure-specific things, you have uh, this, those small packs 
I believe, of the Arnica and or Bromelain. I don't recall offhand. I think it's Arnica tabs that you guys have packaged for injectable patients. Yes, and all of our products, I'll say, are available in kits um, depending on the procedure. Any customer service rep, you know, when you call in or when you talk to your doctor can, you know, absolutely help guide you in the right direction. But in terms of our, you know, products are all available individually, and we start with the very basic, which is the Arnica Montana, and it comes in a blister pack, um, which is a five-day supply, which is going to be ideal for injectables and fillers. Um, and it's, it's kind of one of those that you just use it and you don't have to think about it. And when you're done, you're done. And there's no bottles to fumble with. It's just a daily blister pack. And, then and it's a really convenient way. And I know that all of your packages are, are reasonably priced. Now, in my practice, I actually don't charge my patients for this. It's something that I include because I believe it's really important to help them have their best results. If somebody is having something done where it's not being provided for them, give us a sense for what the average costs are for their different options. Well, if you're getting injectables and fillers, the best thing to do is just grab a blister pack. They run 10 bucks. Um, so it, it's pretty easy and convenient. If you are interested in continuing, in, you know, a lot of times you're going back for your Botox, you know, twice a year and you want to do something more economical, we have a 250-tablet bottle of Arnica Montana that runs about 16 bucks. So it, it's, you know, less than 20 bucks. You've got it. It's got about a five-year shelf life in terms of Arnica Montana. It doesn't really expire, but we usually give it about five years. So even if you're doing injectables and fillers over the next couple of years, you're going to do it a couple of times, you know, less than 20 bucks and you're covered. Yeah, that's great. I mean, certainly that's something that everyone that's having these procedures can easily afford and will certainly help them get these, uh, get the, the better results to reduce their inflammation, reduce their bruising, and have a better experience overall. Absolutely. Okay. Pamela, are you guys using this stuff uh, in your office? Um, we have. I highly recommend it. Uh, I have seen phenomenal results in the patients that have used Vitamedica versus nothing versus a, a different brand entirely. I firmly believe in Vitamedica. I highly recommend it, and I have used it myself. It is a fantastic, and it's actually very easy to use. Sometimes some patients might get a little intimidated by that box that says surgery program, but it is actually... <laughs> Very simple. It's got the AM. It's got the PM. It's marked very, very simply to use. So it's a piece of cake. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward to use. And I, I definitely mm -hmm. see a difference in people using supplements. And I've used other companies' uh, products. And frankly, I think uh, as long as you're using something and it's a properly formulated product, you're going to do well. I certainly do like Vitamedica and mentioned that we, we use their products currently in my office and I'm very happy with them. I know my patients do better when we provide this for them. That's why we keep doing it. Uh, well, and one thing that you may note is that, you know, we work primarily in the aesthetic field. So our products are geared and formulated specifically for people going, you know, undergoing plastic surgery and aesthetic procedures. So it, the levels, in terms of the levels of nutrients or which formulation you're going to get and, and what the dosing is going to be on some of these, you can go to the grocery store, you can go to the health food store, you can take a look, you can try and figure it out yourself, but it's really a no-brainer. I mean, it is just made specifically for this purpose, so you don't have to worry. And oh, I gave patients, it to my mother. When my mother had her gallbladder surgery, I gave her a Vitamedica surgery program box. Multinutrient is that, you know, th this is going to help anyone, and particularly anyone that smokes 
anyone that may be diabetic or is otherwise their immune system is compromised, you know, it's going to give them such a boost. But people see results because, as we just heard, you know, our diets aren't perfect. People aren't eating the way they should be eating. And when you aren't getting enough fruits and vegetables, you're not getting enough of the nutrients, the antioxidants. And so you're going to see results right off the bat no matter what. Well, let me ask you, before we we let you go, if patients aren't getting them from their doctors, how can someone get a hold of, of a Vitamedica program? Well, um, I think the easiest way is to go to our, directly to our website. It's vitamedica.com. Um, the great thing about our website is our products are on there. There's tons of frequently asked questions. If someone's confused, they can call us. They can online live chat with a customer service representative. We're pretty available. We're happy to talk to you. And there's a ton of information on there as well just about different procedures and the latest health and wellness news. Um, so it kind of keeps you in the loop from every aspect. And, and we're really here to kind of walk you through the process, put your mind at ease, and get you back on your feet faster. That's a great resource. Bryn, thanks for coming on the show. Bryn Stewart, the Director of Marketing for Vitamedica. If you learn more, just go to vitamedica.com, and you can get a whole host of information on supplements and vitamins in healing and preparing for your procedures. Bryn, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Well, we've just heard about vitamins, supplements, foods, and you have all the things you should be consuming and, and getting ready and using after your procedure. We talked about the things you should do. We still have to talk a little bit about the things you shouldn't do. And we were talking briefly about not smoking. And no matter how many times we bring it up, we can't possibly bring it up enough. The number one thing that you need to do before you have any procedure is stop smoking if you're smoking. In fact, you probably shouldn't even be around secondhand smoke, so if you have someone in your family that smokes and you're spending a lot of time together, you probably ought to avoid that secondhand smoke as much as you can so that you don't get those effects. Correct. There, I recommend that patients try to recover in a smoke-free environment. If they have a spouse or a roommate that is a smoker and perhaps smokes even inside the house, I recommend that they go stay with a friend or family or even a hotel to stay out of that environment because secondhand smoke has been proven to be just as harmful as firsthand smoke. Absolutely. Very yes. important to avoid that. Now, we, we were talking about the things you should be taking, like uh, the vitamin C and the, uh, the uh, thing about taking the arnica and the bromelain supplements. We're going to come back after this next break and we're going to talk about the other things that you should not be doing. And we talked about uh, smoking. We're going to get more into it and get through all the things you should avoid leading up to and after your procedure. After we take this short commercial break, this is New Reflections. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health & Wellness. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 
7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back from the break. This is New Reflections. We are talking about the things you should and shouldn't do leading up to and recovering from your procedures. We already hit smoking a few times. We all know you've got to stop smoking and you've got to avoid smoking after surgery if you can. There are certain things you should be taking. We already talked about And here's some things you shouldn't take. You can't take aspirin for two weeks before. And aspirin, as well as a group of medications that are called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, that's ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, all those painkillers, the kind of stuff people take when they have aches and pains or a headache or cramping. These are medications that actually have effects of thinning your blood. What they do is they can permanently inhibit your platelets from clumping together. And so the effects of aspirin last a while because they, they, once you take it, the effects on the platelets that are circulating last for a little bit of time. So you got to be off of it for two weeks to ensure that you don't have any bleeding issues. That's what we're looking for, because you can get some bleeding issues in surgery if you've taken aspirin, even a baby aspirin. A lot of my patients take baby aspirin because it's recommended for folks over a certain age to try and improve their cardiovascular health. That's great, but you can't take it for two weeks leading up to a procedure. Uh, so remember, if you're having pain, if you have headaches, if you have aches and cramps, take Tylenol. Tylenol is safe. It will not affect the thinning of your blood. We were talking about taking supplements, and a lot of patients come with a long list of supplements that they have. Make sure whatever you're taking is reviewed by your surgeon, and you should avoid taking things that have adverse effects. You know, your surgeon will be able to tell you. I know in my office, 
we've got a three-page list of all the things that you should try and avoid leading up to surgery. And those three pages are multiple columns of all kinds of stuff that's listed there as a guideline for what to avoid. So make sure you discuss with your surgeon what you're taking, and he or she can give you pointers on what you probably want to stop before surgery and what is okay to continue using. You're not going to be able to eat or drink anything before midnight, or after midnight, rather, on the night before your surgery, but when you wake up in the morning, it's okay to brush your teeth. A small amount of water, brush your teeth is not going to hurt anything, uh, but you really don't want, you shouldn't be drinking that morning coffee or taking a glass of orange juice when you're going in for a procedure. And, and I know a number of times, it's been my experience, and I know I've got colleagues all over the world that have the same experience. Well, the patient comes and says, I didn't eat or drink anything, but uh, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't eat anything, but, you know, I can't start my morning without my morning coffee. Well, <laughs> you start the morning with your morning coffee, you're going to start the morning without your morning surgery. So <laughs> right. make sure that you, you're following these guidelines. Uh, Pamela, what do you think? Other things people shouldn't do? I think since the nutritionist touched on the sodium, um, after surgery and, and prior to maintain your hydration, I think it would be important. I would recommend that day or two prior to your surgery, since you were going to have to be NPO after midnight uh, before prior to your surgery, you're going to be a little dehydrated. So don't eat, you know, all these pizzas and all these processed foods that are high in sodium thinking you're going to eat all your junk prior to surgery because you're not going to eat it afterwards because yeah. that might increase your risk for dehydration. A lot so, of people go on those binges. It's a great thought. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah, another thing you got to want to avoid, you got to watch out. People sometimes get on a health kick. And I had a patient not too long ago, a male patient was coming for a facelift. And he was deciding he was going to make this change. He's going to get a facelift. He's going to feel better about the way he looks. He wanted to feel better about how he felt. So he was going to start working out. And he decided to do that a week before surgery. He goes to the gym and he does an aggressive workout and wakes up the next morning sore all over and having hurt one of his shoulders. So now he, he had the idea to try and do something positive overdid it, and now he's a little bit uncomfortable going through the surgery process because he's got an aching shoulder and a, an aching body. You don't want to overexert leading up to surgery. It's a good idea to continue your exercise program if you're, if you're used to exercising, but let's not embark on a whole new exercise program a short time before having your procedure. And the sun, we're talking about healing now, the sun is your enemy. You have to avoid sun exposure. Don't go out and try and tan a lot of patients think, well, you know, I have a scar, but if I tan it, it won't be as visible, so I'm just going to go out and get a tan, and I'll hide my scar better that way. Actually, when you're in the healing process, your scar is going to get more red, more inflamed, and be more noticeable if you get sun exposure on it. So you have to keep your scars covered and protected from the sun, especially in the, heal in the early stages of the healing process, even out to one to three months after surgery, if you can avoid it, you're better off not having sun exposure on your wound. I recommend even up to six months, no sun exposure, period. Don't be stupid. Once you tan that scar, it is likely to stay dark. When yeah, it's true. Tan, but, you know, well, down here in Miami, we've got oh, yeah. you know, patients that just can't stay out of the sun. And, yeah. uh, well, you know, you do what you can, but I, I agree. If you can do it for six months, you can do it, but again, I'm, I'm living in a glass house here, so I'm not going to. I had surgery, I had surgery myself, and I did a pretty good job for about two or three months. I couldn't make it six months, so you know, <laughs> you know, we live in sunshine all the time, 
here, and depending upon where you live, we, you know, if you're from Southern California, anywhere in the South where it's sunny most of the year, it's hard to avoid that sun. So uh, let's, let's review. We've got a quick recap. Things to do, things not to do. Today on the show, we had Vicki Hatch talking about uh, all the things you can do with your diet. And basically, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated. Eat protein, get good calories in you that will help you heal, and make sure you don't forget your fruits and vegetables because they've got antioxidants and lots of vitamins and minerals that will help you heal. We also spoke with uh, Bryn Stewart from Vitamedica who has a, a tremendous range of products that are supplements and vitamins prepackaged, ready to go for your healing. You can use those to help heal. A quick rundown of the do's and don'ts. Keep doing your healthy things. Make sure you're prepared for your day of surgery. Get your care package together. Make sure you have a ride. Don't take aspirin. Don't take Motrin, ibuprofen. Take Tylenol if you have a problem. Continue taking good vitamins. Make sure you're prepared. Don't eat or drink anything after midnight the night before, but please do brush your teeth. Your surgeon will thank you for that one. Uh, <laughs> and, and make sure you quit smoking. If you take one thing away from this show, don't smoke for two weeks before surgery, and if you can, avoid smoking for two to four weeks after surgery. Follow those guidelines. You're going to have a better experience with your surgery and probably have better results. Next week, we're going to be back with new reflections. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein, joined by Pamela Howard. Thank you for joining us in New Reflections. We're here every week, 12 to 1 Eastern Time, 9 to 10 Pacific, telling you all sorts of interesting new things that relate to aesthetics, wellness, and beauty. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on New Reflections. We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety.